Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Liz. So it's been a big week. Liz and I have been texting back and forth because there have been many articles about, well, first starting with minimum wage. Yes. And I was tuned into some of the minimum wage uh, conversations and, and do we all raise it to 15 and what employers are doing, whether it's minimum wage or paying people to interview or paying people bonuses for staying, you know, just a couple of weeks um, as we come out of the pandemic. You know, and I, I started wondering, um, is minimum wage really the thing? And then articles started coming out to update on women in the workforce. How many of us have dropped out? How and many? Mm-hmm. That we're at a 30-year low in women's participation in the economy. And yet, to your, to your question about minimum wage, here's the thing. The cost of childcare is so exorbitant, and, and the availability of childcare is so low right now, safe childcare, mm-hmm. that unless we pay people forget minimum wage, a livable wage. Livable means they can afford to pay someone to watch their kid while they come and work for us. Mm -hmm. We're not going (laughs) to, the businesses are going to start really suffering and they've already have been suffering, but right here we're poised to rebound. We're not going to, if we don't figure out how to pay a livable wage and allow women to prioritize the other things in their lives that they're not going to give up because they're the backbone, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm living and breathing this in my own life, right? Because I'm right. caring for my mom, my elderly mom, caring for three kids and, and trying to be a professional and I'm privileged. So mm-hmm. imagine the people that many of whom are my colleagues who don't have privilege They don't have another, a spouse that can cover the costs of living so that they can be the caregivers, right? I mean, and and so what's happening is we have like three open positions and we can't fill them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it it just strikes me. All these employers are commenting that they can't hire, they can't hire, they can't hire. And then right after I hear, cause no one wants to work. And I get a little bit like, mm, do we really know no one wants to work? Do we really know that there has been so much subsidy out there that people are just sitting at home, not wanting to work? I don't believe that I buy that. I find it odd that if there really is a struggle um, we're not looking at, you know, 50% of the population are women, 50% of the workforce or more could be women. And yet, as you said, when there's, when daycares are closed, when you have no option in healthcare, there are second and third shifts, you know, how can you find people willing to watch your children second shift, third shift, weekend shifts. Um, I, I don't know that it's a matter of people just not wanting to work. I think there's a real issue of who's gonna take care of your kids. And if you have a choice between work and kids, you have to choose your kids 
Of course you do. And, and let's say you don't have kids. It's not that people aren't willing to work. They're not willing to work for a job that pays them minimum wage, that doesn't even allow them to pay their bills, do, doesn't give them health care. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no benefits. There's no job security. Mm-hmm. With a lot of these gig, the gig economy, right? Right. That's what people aren't willing to do. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. not, they're not. And so, you know, we're going to have to change. Um, and we can be, what I was going to say earlier in, in the conversation I was having with my workplace this morning, we can be on the front end of that change or we can lag behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this is the perfect opportunity for companies, employers to step back and be creative. I, I, it's not going back to the old stuff. It's what is new, what is flexible. We've learned this year, if nothing else, we need to offer flexibility because none of us knew from day to day whether we could go into work or not, whether our kids were going to school or not, um, who could watch our kids or not, or our parents. So flexibility is gonna be key in the future. How do we become flexible workforces and offer people choices? The biggest opportunity I see in healthcare, especially is um, offering job shares. Okay. So, So where, you know, maybe you're in a two income household and you're, but somebody has to take care of the kids because, oh, don't even get me started on summer camps and the cost of summer camps, right? So one person takes the morning shift with the kids and then the other person takes the afternoon shift Mm -hmm. and then they can each work on both sides of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's to me, the, like the low hanging fruit that companies can be doing, but we don't because because um, just thinking about like in healthcare providers, right? Um, if you allow two different people to be your support team, then you have to train both of those people, right? And so we're just, we don't, we have this mindset of investing the least amount we can get away with in our support staff um, to be able to allow us to do our, our jobs. And, and so- yet, And yet we talk about increasing minimum wage. So there's, there has to be payment investment somewhere, but if you just increase minimum wage, then you're just paying a higher rate to college Mm -hmm. kids for the summer. Mm -hmm. And those don't have these responsibilities and you're leaving out a ton of people that you might not have to pay that higher minimum wage to just invest your money in flexible training. Well, to me, companies need to broaden their definition of cost. Like that's the way that that's the place they have to start. They have to look at the cost of turnover in terms of disruption and have more of a long path way of of thinking about investment. Um, And that's the conversation I was trying to have this morning um, at my work that yes, you're gonna have short-term cost to introduce the programs like paid parental leave and short-term disability but in sabbatical, but look at the long the long term impact. If you can reduce your t- turnover, which is about twenty to twenty three percent right now, if you can reduce your turnover, imagine what that does to you as a provider. It gives you more consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so if you lose somebody that is already trained, how much does it cost to? bring somebody new in and orient them? Well, the, the 
thinking is one and a half times salary okay. is how you calculate that one and a half times the salary that you're replacing. But when you have um, a longer uh, recruitment cycle, right? Like we've had three positions open now for like four months, it's gonna be more than that. It's gonna be more than one and a half times. And, and so, and how do you, how do you quantify the cost of burning out everyone else who has to come in, right? And try to cover, we have people working weekends, um, nights, coming in early, right? Your cost of overtime that you have to pay everyone else. So they have to really broaden their definition of cost. Um, not just the company I work for, but all companies have to broaden their definition of cost. And we have to stop seeing people as disposable. But that's not where we've, we've trended more toward, you know, other, the, other than the people at the top in the C-suite, seeing employees as disposable and, cool. and ha having that relationship be transactional. Yeah, transactional, so, replaceable. Yes, so yeah. if we see that employment relationship as transactional on the employer side, then that gets to people saying, well, people don't wanna work. Well, we're treating them as a transaction, so they're going to do the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. huh. So the articles this week said, you know, 30 year low of women in the workforce. I think the date I saw was 1988. We're back to levels of women in the workforce from 1988. That's the year I graduated high school. My mom had only been in the workforce for a few years herself. I remember those days. Um, it was a tough conversation for my mom to even tell my dad she wanted to teach. I remember women uh, either taught or were a nurse or were a secretary. So there are really three, three levels mm -hmm. of career for a woman, a woman. <laughs> And I'm like, I can't believe we I have slipped back one year, one year, way back there. Yeah, it's oh. staggering. And yet I'm living it. I am that I am in that statistic. Yeah. Although now I'm back, I'm, I'm back up again to being, you know, 70% uh, employed. Right? Yeah. yeah, you are. And yet you mentioned burnout a minute ago. You're working on, you know, how many cylinders are you going at all the time yourself? I feel like I have five full-time jobs, but I also have an enormous number of resources that other people don't have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if I didn't have those resources, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, first of all, I wouldn't be functioning myself, right? But also all of the people that I'm propping up in my world, they wouldn't be able to function either at the level that they're functioning. Mm -hmm. So that, so that, so again, it's like I can't have that conversation without acknowledging. Yes, I'm doing five jobs, and I have all these other people that I pay to help me do those jobs. Right. Like the home health nurse that's about to show up and take care of my mom in ten yeah. minutes. Right. Right. Like that's, yeah, it's, I kind of vacillate between feeling really depressed by it and then feeling like, no, we can, 
we can do it. We, but we women have to, we have to stand up together. And sometimes we're actually turn on each other and undermine our, our ability to, um, to cope. Mm-hmm. You know, it's statements like, I think we've been more than patient. I think we've been more than understanding when somebody's, you know, calling in because her kids quarantined from school, her parents passing away, um, they got COVID themselves, you know, I mean, it's so complex, but our default is to say, well, but you're, you know, you're impacting the business. Mm-hmm. Time's up. <laughs> we've, we've given you the last year. <sighs> that's the re- that's literally what I'm being asked right now is like when are, when can we just be like okay well you you need to get childcare mm-hmm. back to normal back to normal it's not going to be back to normal even if I sign I'm I sign my kid up for one my kids for one camp but I guarantee you if they have so much as a sniffle right? Right. They will not be allowed to go to camp. Right. And then who's going to be taking care of them? Is it going to be my husband? Mm -hmm. Because he earns the higher salary. It's going to be me because I I earn a lower salary. Yeah. And I'm really trying to look at this from the overall economy perspective. Mm -hmm. If companies want to get back to work, if time's up, if they need to fill positions, then they need to be able to look at the whole potential of the workforce. And they're going to have to pay more and they're going to have to put these programs in place. Be flexible. Yes. They, and they need to ask. What do you what need? do people need to get back into the workforce? Mm-hmm. I'm starting to look at this um, like economic inclusion. Mm-hmm. You know, if we really want to include every possible worker in the economy, how do you do it? Well, we're get, we're making some strides. I mean, I, th- I think having a childcare subsidy, but also incenting people to open childcare yes businesses. Yeah, right? they have them closed or they're at half capacity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the place to start. And I think that you know this administration has some great ideas, and so hopefully there will be able to be some bipartisan support for it. Yeah. Um, I just pulled up, you know, Deloitte has um, a building the resilient organization report 2021 that just popped up as well. Um, Well, actually it's January 25th. So it just popped up for me for some reason, but you know, it says if companies are going to be resilient in 2021, they need to be prepared they need to be adaptable. What was this other thing? Um, they need to be collaborative, trustworthy, and responsible. And responsible means that the business world has responsibility beyond the bottom line. They need to balance all the needs of all stakeholders. And they need to figure out what the new needs of stakeholders are in 2021. Yeah. So if those are the things a company needs to do, you know, and adaptability seems to be a a big one. 
how do they understand or survey or get information from, from women who are ready to work and, and have some different needs? Yeah. How can we be creative? I mean, that's the question I'm going to be asking at my operational peer level is how can we be creative? We have no choice. Right. And how do companies collaborate with each other? Mm -hmm. Each individual company probably can't address it alone as effectively as banding together. Mm -hmm. Maybe daycare in a geography can be created by groups of companies Mm -hmm. or. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Yeah, we have to keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there are forums in Portland where you are or in Michigan where I am uh, to have these conversations, but I'm, it would be good to explore. Mm-hmm. I know I'm having it at my work. Yeah. Are you having it with other employers though? A little bit. We're benchmarking right now with some of the other employers around us to try to make sure that but it's more because we're trying to be, make sure we're being competitive as opposed to collaborative. Hmm. But, but that I have seen really impressive collaboration around the vaccine. So I've been, I've been impressed with how the, the leaders where I work have been in conversation with other clinics to say, how can we work together to be able to vaccinate as many families as possible? So maybe that's the launch pad. for how how do we collaborate on other things too? Mm -hmm. How can we, how can we not just compete, but how can we collaborate to impact our community together? Yeah. These are huge issues. Everyone's struggling with, why not at least have collaborative conversations? Yeah. I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to take that to ops as well. Yeah. And I uh, scheduled um, time with somebody um, in a healthcare system breakfast Monday. And, and I want to start asking these questions, um, because as women, um, I I do think it's, um, it's our responsibility to help come up with solutions just as much as it is to, to raise the issues. And I think it could be our opportunity to help transform what working, uh, working as a woman, working as a woman with children or elderly parents who need care can look like in the future. Mm-hmm. We need to transform this. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's gotten me excited. I know. Me too. I feel more energized than I did before when I came into this today. So yeah. I'm going to take it, take it into my next meeting. All right. Sounds good. Have a good weekend. Too. Thanks, Liz. See you soon. Bye.